Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. So I just realized that I didn't introduce myself very well at the beginning. Uh, My name's Nathan, for those of you who don't know, uh, I lead worship here, part of the youth team as well. Uh, Just to say, just encourage you, please keep on praying for us uh, in the youth. Uh, This last Friday, we had 30 of us, which was amazing. Really, really good, wasn't it? Uh, And we're just uh, believing for something great and something uh, amazing for our young people. Uh, so we've been speaking about frequency for the last few weeks. So it's almost like, you know, Christian used that analogy of, uh, who here has got um, a, a radio? Yeah? Yeah, we all have radios. We have radios in a car. You might have a radio at home. It's about tuning in to the right frequency so you can hear the right radio station. So tuning in to the frequency to hear God. You know, sometimes you might be talking to someone and you're trying to explain something. You're trying to talk to them. And sometimes... You just say, you know what, we're not on the same, same wavelength. Sometimes it can be like that with us, with God. And we've got to tune ourselves so that we can speak to God and so that we can hear what God wants to say for our lives. So, uh, you know, Stephen, first week, he introduced a great message. He spoke about hearing from God. Second week, Christians spoke about uh, um, uh, unanswered prayers. And then last week, Josh gave us a great message about uh, creating a, the right atmosphere for spiritual disciplines. Uh, and I encourage you, if you've not heard those messages, go on the website, go on the podcast, have a listen to them. But this morning, I'm going to speak to you, prayer as a means to breakthrough. Turn to your neighbour and say, we need breakthrough. Now, I want you to be really relaxed Relax this morning. I want you to, to really, really be honest with me. You know, this is a safe environment with family here. Now, I want you to admit something this morning. Who here, by a show of hands, is going to say that sometimes they are stubborn? Yeah? Yeah? yeah you know, I have to admit, sometimes I can be very, very stubborn. You know, not in a maybe kind of overt way, but kind of in myself, like someone might say something to me, but inwardly I'm thinking, no, I'm not going to do that. You know, like, you know, I'll be really stubborn in, inside and it's, you know, it, it's a bit of a, a, a bad thing sometimes. And I have to admit, you know, for the last couple of months, uh, you know, Joanna has been, been talking to me and she's been talking about going to a Turkish barber's. Has anyone been to Turkish barbers before? No, it's a, a few people. It's, it's quite a new thing. Uh, Jared, who's, who's not here this morning, he's uh, one of the youth leaders as well. Uh, you know, he always goes like every week, every couple of weeks. He comes back looking really trim, really nice beard, his hair cut, looking really fresh all the time. And, you know, John, I was like, look, look, he's, he's got this amazing beard. It's really trim, really nice. Nathan, why can't you go to the Turkish barbers? Why can't you, you know, go along, get your, your beard trimmed and all this time, I'd try and sort it out at home and I'd end up making like little like dints in my beard and it'd be uneven and it just looked like messy all the time. But I'm going to be, have to be honest, two weeks ago, she finally found a breakthrough and I went to the Turkish barbers. Amazing. That's what I think about when I think about breakthrough. Uh, I also think about, I think about the Guinness World Records. 
Anyone seen the program before? You know, you get the books. When I was a kid, like one of the annuals I used to get, I used to get like a Beano annual. Uh, and then sometimes I'd get like uh, the Guinness Book of uh, World Records and you'd read through it and you'd see like crazy records like how many mince pies can be eaten in a minute and, you know, like crazy things like uh, the most amount of rubber docks someone has bought. You know, all these crazy things. But like, all these things are breakthrough. You know, we talk about breakthrough. Those are kind of examples of breakthrough. I've just got kind of a definition uh, that's going to come up on the screen of a, a few examples of what breakthrough is. When we speak about breakthrough, we might speak about warfare. So, you know, they use it as a term. It's like breaking through the enemy's lines, breaking through the defense. Uh, it could be an act or instance of moving through or beyond an obstacle. So moving past an obstacle or breakthrough in talks between two countries or two parties. It could be a sudden advance in knowledge or technique, like a medical breakthrough. It could be a person's first notable success, like a novel, a breakthrough novel, or an actress's breakthrough performance. Uh, Those are all examples of breakthrough. But I've got a definition that I kind of put together myself that I think defines breakthrough really well. I've written... Breakthrough is entering into new ground, breaking records and territory. It's seeing and doing things that haven't been seen or done before. It's not doing the same thing every day, living a nice life, you know, oh yeah, you know, do the, go along in life and see things just carry on as normal. It's doing new things, it's breaking records, it's seeing amazing things happen. But when we think about breakthrough prayer, well, What's break, breakthrough prayer? Then that's that's breakthrough. What's breakthrough prayer? For that, I'm just going to read a verse for you. Uh, if you've got your Bibles, or if you want to follow on the screen, it's Luke chapter 18, verses 1 to 8. It says, "This is Jesus speaking to his disciples." He says, "Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up." He said, "In a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God." nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So we've got a little story here that Jesus tells. You know, he's, he's talking to his disciples, you know, those kind of his, his close followers, the friends that he has there. And he's speaking to them and he's saying, you know what? There's this story, there's, there's a judge, you know, and this judge doesn't really care about anyone else. He's unjust, he doesn't care about justice. And there's a widow who's looking for justice. She's been hard done by and she comes constantly day after day asking the judge, can you, can you help me, can you give me justice? And the, you know, the judge day after day bats away and says, no, I'm not going to help you, I don't care, I don't want to help you. But then suddenly... After weeks, after lots of time of the widow keeping coming to this judge and saying, you know, uh, pressing in, of nagging him, he suddenly says, you know what? She's, she's been asking me so many times, I'm just going to give in. 
I'm just going to give what she asks. And Jesus says, he says, the Father, how much more will the Father, uh, our God in heaven, give us what we need, what we want? Because he's not unjust. He's loving. He has our best interests at heart. You know, Jesus encouraged us in this passage, in this verse, to keep on praying, to keep on believing for breakthrough in prayer, to keep on believing to see something great happen. And see, God's, you know, God's a, great, a great father. He's a loving father. He's not like that judge. But he wants to see something great happen in our lives. And if we look at that last verse, it says, However, when the Son of Man... Sorry, just find it. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? See, I've got to be honest. To find breakthrough prayer, you've got to have faith. See, breakthrough prayer is not just, you know, asking God, uh, you know, God, today, can you give me a nice day? Uh, it's not saying, God, uh, can you just give us a good week? Can you give us some nice weather this week? You know what? Breakthrough prayer is asking for something beyond. It's asking for something deeper. It's asking for something further. You know, breakthrough prayer is saying, God, you know what? We've got a great number of people here, but we want to see this number break 100. It's saying we want to see Mansfield change. It's saying maybe for my life, I want to see that, uh, that job breakthrough. I want to get that job. I want to see that family member saved. I want to see that friend changed. It's asking for more, the greater things of God. It's not asking for the, the same things of this life. And you know, I've got to be honest with you. Sometimes I've been in maintenance mode where I've just let life pass me through. Just enjoy life day by day. And you know what? God's calling us to ask for breakthrough prayer, to ask for greater things. And I want to ask you this morning, I want to ask everyone here, ask myself, how often do we ask for more of God? How much do we dare to dream for something greater? How much more do we actually believe, God, you know what? You can do something greater. You know what? In our, in our young people, we have most of them are, are non-Christians. Most of them come in, they don't know anything about God. But you know what? We're believing that God's going to do something great in their lives. We're believing that some of these young people that we've got now will be leading the group in five or ten years' time. You know, we're believing for something greater. Because if you don't believe for anything extraordinary, everything greater, then what's the point? What's the point? You know what? When I get to the end of my life, I want to look back on my life and think, wow, I've seen some amazing things happen. I don't want to think, you know what? I've lived an ordinary life. It's been okay. But I want to believe that through God, not through my own strength, but through God, through his strength, through his power, that I'm going to see breakthrough and see great things happen. Is anyone with me this morning? Yeah. So I've got three points that I want to share with you this morning around breakthrough in prayer. So the first one is to break through in prayer, we need to pray with perseverance. Pray with perseverance. Now, we all know kids uh, that constantly ask for something. Yeah? Yeah, we've all been in situations, you know, whether you're a parent, whether you was that kid a few years ago. You know, I can remember being that kid when I was younger. I would constantly nag, ask my dad, I'd be like, Dad, I want this, uh, I want this toy. God, I want, uh, Dad, I want this toy. Dad, I want this toy. Dad, I want this toy. Keep on asking until finally he would say, okay, I'll give you that toy. See in our lives, we have to pray with perseverance. God encourages us in that scripture, just like the widow did, just like the widow kept on coming back to the judge, that we've got to have perseverance, keep on asking. 
You know, it might not come the first time, the second time. But after, after weeks of praying, maybe years, you might see a breakthrough in prayer. See, there are a few people in the past who've made some amazing, amazing breakthroughs. Uh, if we think about someone like Thomas Edison. Now, everyone here know who Tom, Thomas Edison is. The person who invented the light bulb. Now, when Thomas Edison was in school, uh, one of his teachers actually said he was too stupid to learn anything. Amazing. Uh, and actually, uh, he was fired from his first jobs for being non-productive. And that actually, it took him 1,000 unsuccess- 1, unsuccessful attempts to invite the light bulb. And when a reporter said to him, he said, how did it feel to fail 1,000 times? Edison replied, I didn't fail 1,000 times. The light bulb was an invention with 1,000 steps. See, unbelievable. You know, he could have, he could have done it 100 times and thought, you know what? You, you, you'd be kind of fair to him. You'd think, he's tried 100 times. You know what? It, just, just let it go. But no, he kept on going 1,000 times. Can you imagine trying something 1,000 times, how bored you'd get? You know, by the end of that, you're thinking, oh, when is this going to happen? You know, a thousand times, it's, it's crazy, crazy. And when you think about someone like Walt Disney, created the most famous uh, cartoons in the world, the most recognizable uh, brands, the, the, the most popular theme park in the world. He was fired by a newspaper editor when he was younger in one of his jobs because they said he lacked imagination and had no good ideas. How crazy is that? Had, had no good ideas. He went bankrupt several times. And actually, the first time he, pro- he proposed the park, uh, it was rejected uh, on the grounds that it would only attract riffraff. How crazy is that? Disney World retracting riffraff. Uh, and then thirdly, Winston Churchill, uh, he repeated a grade during elementary school. And when he entered Harrow, was placed in the lowest division of the lowest class. Later, he twice failed the entrance exam to the Royal Military Academy and he was defeated in his first effort to serve in Parliament. So the first time he went through, he was defeated. He lost. But he later wrote, never give in. Never give in. Never, 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 never. In nothing great or small, large or petty, never give in except to convictions of honour and good sense. Never, never, never give up. Isn't that amazing? Never give up. So you think about those three people. Think about even Winston Churchill. How different would our world be today? Could it be today if he would have given up? You know, these people, they persevered. They kept on going. You know what? There can be some times in our lives where we feel like it's difficult, where we feel like it's hard. You know what? You just feel like throwing in the towel, just just like giving up. Like, I, I can't be bothered with this anymore. I've tried so many times. But I want to encourage you this morning. That person you've been praying for, that thing you've been leaving for, that illness you've been praying for, keep on praying, persevere, keep on going for it because you never know when the breakthrough might come. You never know. See, if we look at Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, it says, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So it's saying in that verse, don't give up. Because you never know when the harvest might come. You know, for Edison, he, he never knew when he was going to get the right, the right model for the light bulb. He kept on going. Imagine if he would have got 999 times. He tried 999 and it was one step away and just given up. You never know when your breakthrough might come. 
It's so important to keep on going, keep on praying, keep on believing for breakthrough. So that's number one. Number two, pray with patience. Pray with patience. Uh, Nudge someone in the ribs and say, you've got to have patience. Now again, you know, I've got to be honest. Uh, me and Joanna, for those of you who don't know, uh, me and Joanna are engaged. Getting married next year. Woo! Um, and, you know, I think it's a good thing. But uh, we are... Uh, I'm talking about the next thing, sorry. Not that we're getting married. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I should have said afterwards. What I mean is, I think it's a good thing that we're very different. Uh, me and Joanna are in- incredibly different. And I, th- I think it's great. You know, for example, when it comes to food, you know, Food is a big part of my life and I, you know, I like to, exactly, I like to, to plan ahead. I like to think, you know what, like even yesterday when we're together thinking, well, when are we going to eat? You know, uh, what are we going to have later? What have we got in the house that we can make? Is there somewhere we can go? You know, I like to plan it out and think, you know what, in probably two hours or three hours, I'll be ready to kind of eat something, you know. Even like the other day, I went to Joanna's degree show and before that I said, oh, Joanna, what are we going to do about food? Look, are we going to have food before we go or are we going to have food afterwards? You know, I like to plan it ahead and think about when it's going to happen. But when it comes to Joanna, it's like a switch. It's like one minute she's not hungry and then the next minute I'm starving. It's like, you know, he's not even planning it out or anything. It's just like, I'm hungry all, you know, all of a sudden. And I'm like talking through the options. Like, well, we could go there, go here. We could buy this. We could do this. Just like, I don't care. I just want food straight away. Just give me food. It's like, you know, we're completely different in, in that way. Uh, and, and sometimes uh, our patience can, can be different in, in different ways. Um, and I think all of us here can say, you know, we've had ready meals you know, where you just put it in the oven and you, uh, or in the microwave and it's a few minutes and it's done. When you've had home-cooked food uh, and you've spent time over it and you've, you've put effort into it. And I think we can all agree that the home-cooked food is so much better. Yeah? Yeah, you agree with me? I, I love cooking. You know, I love spending time, you know, uh, uh, kind of putting the sauce together and get the ingredients, making things from fresh. But the thing about that is... It's to do that, it takes so much more time. You know, you've got to think about it, you've got to buy all the different ingredients, you've got to check to see what you've got, you've got to uh, plan out lots of time, maybe like put a, an hour out just to cut everything up, put it in, let all the, the sauce simmer together, all these different things, and it takes time. But the thing with the ready meal is you just put it in the microwave, press it, bang, and it's done straight away. But it's not as good, is it? It's not as good. And I think we can do the same thing with our lives with God. Is that we don't have any patience. We're just like, God, I want it now. God, you've got to give it me now. It's like a ready meal. Just got to put it in and get it straight away. You know, we have this in our lives all the time. You know, you you could write a text, you know, send it to someone across the other side of the world and they'd get it within like 30 seconds. You know, crazy. We have, we live in a world where everything is instantaneous, straight away, where things come straight away. You know, you might even be on your computer and you've clicked a link 
And, it, and if it have, hasn't loaded within five seconds, you're like, oh, what's going on here? There's something wrong with my computer. It's like, oh, it's not loading. It's like, come on, it's, it's, been, it's only been five seconds. Give it a chance. You know what I mean? But it's true in our lives. We, we don't have patience for, for, th- for many things. We expect everything instantaneous. We expect everything to happen straight away. And sometimes what we, we, we do is we bring this with God. It's like we pray once or twice and like, God, why has this not happened yet? Like, you know, why, why is my, my prayers not been answered? And we have no patience at all. Uh, and I just want to encourage you this morning, whatever you're praying for, have patience with God. Have patience to believe that he knows what he's doing. You know, Proverbs 14 verse 29 says, Whoever is patient has great understanding, but one who is quick-tempered displays folly. And Romans chapter 12, verse 12 says, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And those are the things that I want to have for my life. I want to be known as someone who has great understanding, not someone who's known to be foolish because I'm not patient. You know, even when you're stuck in a terrible situation, I encourage you to to have patience. You know, the, the amazing thing about our God is that he's outside of time. He sees everything. He sees everything. And he knows the exact right time. He has the perfect timing for every situation. So I encourage you. Number two, pray with patience. So our last point, number three, pray with perspective. Pray with perspective. Now, one of the things that I really, really, really hate is when I'm driving in a car and someone next to me, you know, as a passenger seat, is telling me, to be careful where I'm driving, is giving direction, is saying, you know, I'll oh, be careful on this side, or, you know, you're going to hit this car, and, you know, almost like you're not trusting me driving. But I've got to be honest, a lot of times I, I do this with Joanna. You know, she'll be driving, and I'm like, Joe, careful, there's, you know, there's, a, there's a, a bush on the side here, you know, you're going to hit this and, you know, hit that. And I think we can all agree that sometimes, you know, we, we don't like passenger seat drivers, do we? You know, we like to have control, we like to, uh, uh, to, to, to kind of just have the control of where we're going, not have anyone tell us what we're doing. See, the thing is, I think we can often do this with God. You know, if we give God the driving seat, you know, let him take control of our lives, decide where we're going. And often we can be like, God, God, you just missed the turning. God, the turning's over there. Where are you going, God? You know, the right turning's over there. When actually God knows where he's going. God's know, God knows where he's taking you. Sometimes it can be like, oh, oh God, close we're, we're you know we're really close to this bush on the side here yeah god you know really close to this situation here god what are you doing when actually we need to trust him and where he's taking us we've got to have the right perspective see we've got to trust that god knows what he's doing he can see everything you know he can see where we're going he can see what we're doing it's almost like you know on google maps sometimes <clears throat> i use google maps uh to 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 give me directions to where i'm going and i trust google maps because it gives you the live traffic feed. So it knows which roads are busy and which are not. So sometimes it'll be like, take this turn in here. I'm like, oh, I've not been this way before. What's going on? But it knows what's going on. It sees the bigger picture. And see, God sees the bigger picture for our life. He has the perspective. And we have to believe and understand that he sees everything. Um, If we look at Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 to 9, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. 
So we've got to understand God's ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. He sees everything. He sees everything over our lives. We've got to trust him and know that his thoughts are higher. His ways are higher. So if we truly believe that and if we trust God to know what he is doing, there are just three things about praying with perspective I want to share with you really quickly. So if we're going to pray with perspective, we've got to understand that our prayers might be answered in a different way to what we expect. Our prayers might be answered in a different way to what we expect. We say, well, what do you mean by that, Nathan? Well, an example being, you might pray for rain, but God provides you a hose instead. You see, you know, sometimes I've prayed for certain things in my life and I've kind of planned it out in my head and thought, yep, this is how it's going to go. This will happen, then this will happen, then this will happen. And I pray for it and it just happens in a completely different way to what I expected. See, a lot of the time when praying for things, when praying for breakthrough, God will bring different ways and do it in a different way to what we expect. Secondly, when praying for breakthrough, our prayers might be answered at a different time. As I said before, it could happen straight away. Sometimes you'll pray for something and it will happen straight away. Another time you'll be praying for weeks, months, years, and then it will suddenly break through. And then thirdly, your prayers might be answered with a different answer. See, we've got to be open to, to, to realising that God actually might be given a different answer to what we expect. You know, I, I'm going to give a, an example. For me, last year, I was working uh, at a special needs school for the first half of the year. I uh, really enjoyed it as a, uh, as a teaching assistant there. So I was like working with autistic children. Um, uh, it was kind of really challenging, but really helpful. And I learned a lot while I was there. Now, it came to the end of the, the term. It came to the summer holidays. And I was thinking, you know what? I, I really feel like there's a next step. What's the next step for me? What shall I go into? Because I don't want to kind of stay in this field or area. And I was praying and thinking, what's the next step? And for me, something that I came across and something that I I found was uh, a job role, you know, uh, uh, this area called uh, data analysis. Now, for me, I thought, this is perfect. I'd love to do this. So data analysis is a lot of analyzing. It's a lot of evaluating. It's a lot of critiquing. And it's involving in a lot, a lot of numbers, using numbers. And those are two things that I love and two things that I believe that I'm, I'm really good at. So I was, I was set on it. I was like, right, this is perfect for me. This is something that I, I could go into. I, I think this is something I could develop a career in. So, you know, what I did was day after day, I'd prayed. I said, God, you know, uh, please open a door for me in d- data analysis. Uh, I, I applied for, must have been hundreds of jobs, loads and loads of job- jobs. You know, days went by. I just kept on praying, kept on believing. I prayed it through with Joanna. I spoke it through with other people. I kept on praying about it, kept on praying. Weeks went by, months went by, kept on praying, kept on praying. And I just thought, what's going on? I'm, I'm not having any breakthrough here. And then... I kind of suddenly realized to myself, I was like, well, have I actually listened to what answer God has given me to this prayer? Have I actually kind of stopped for a second and thought, God, what do you want me to do? God, which way do you want to lead me? And see, the thing is now, I'm in a completely different situation, uh, working in a, uh, in a school and uh, looking back on it now, I can see God's hand, God's plan, God's provision over the situation. At that moment, I didn't see it. I didn't have the right perspective to see what was going on. 
But at this moment, I can look back and say, you know what? That wasn't right for me. Even though at the moment I was set on it and that's what I wanted to do, I can understand that it wasn't the right opportunity. It wasn't the right thing for me at that situation. And see, you know what? When we pray, we've got to be open to sometimes God saying no. To sometimes God saying, you know what? I think this other direction is the right direction for you. You know, we've got to have that open ear. And you know, if you're kind of struggling to to hear from God, I'd really encourage you to go back to Stephen's message a few weeks ago. We spoke a great message about hearing from God. You know, it could just be that you just sit quietly for a couple minutes and say, God, what do you want to say to me? And just write a few things down. It could be as simple as that. Uh, And I really believe that God will speak to you. Uh, So just as I come to a conclusion, if the guys want to come up and help me, um, I just really want to encourage you, those three points, praying for breakthrough. Uh, Pray with perseverance. Keep on going, even when you're feeling tired, even when you're you're thinking, when is this breakthrough going to come? Because you never know when it might come. Secondly, pray with patience. You don't expect everything to come straight away. And thirdly, Pray with perspective. Pray with a biggest perspective, seeing God's way as the right way, seeing that God has everything. He sees everything and he has it under control. Now, this is a, a few things I wanted to mention to you practically. Uh, Christian mentioned a few weeks ago, he, he talked about the 15 by 30 challenge. Now, if you're here this morning and you say, like Nathan, I, I don't know how to, to, to break through in prayer because I, I really struggle in my prayer life. I don't pray very often. I'd encourage you to go on this challenge. What it is, 15 minutes in the morning, just find a few Bible verses for five minutes. You know, start in the New Testament, read maybe Matthew, Mark or Luke or John. Read about Jesus. You know, think about it. Uh, then pray for five minutes. You know, just bring your heart to God. Just, just bring your knees to God. Just be open and honest and raw with Him. Just say, this is what I'm feeling. You know, maybe pray for the previous day. Uh, uh, maybe bring some of the, the things that you've, that you've slipped up in, maybe the previous day. And then the last five minutes, journal, write down. So three sets of, of, of five minutes, making 15 minutes together. If you do that for 30 days, I really believe that God will start to do something in your heart. It will start to soften your heart. It will start to develop a relationship with you. It will start to speak to you. You will start to see things change in your life. You know, I've got to be honest. The, the, the times when I feel the worst, when I felt the most out of sync, is when I've not been spending enough time with God. So I encourage you, if you don't have that in, in place, just start with that, the 15 by 30 challenge. Secondly, be accountable to other people. If there's something you're believing for, whether it's a, a sickness, an illness, a job, you know, praying for Mansfield, tell someone else that you're praying for it. You know, and then you can pray together, you can believe together, and then you can go on this journey together, that you can uh, pray and talk about it, and it keeps you accountable to each other. And then thirdly and lastly, I encourage you to pray and fast. Something that we do at this church, uh, we will give up something uh, and use that time that we spend on that something to pray instead. So it could just be one meal a day. You know, it could be today I'm going to give up my lunch and I'm going to pray instead. And I'm going to believe for God to do something better. It could be you give up some of your TV time and just for half an hour you pray instead. It's giving something up and praying instead. You know what? I just want to really encourage you with that thought tomorrow, this, this morning. 
Have faith. Believe for something greater. You know, pray with perseverance. Pray with patience. Pray with perspective. And believe for a breakthrough in your life. Believe like God's going to do something greater in your life.